0: Hello and welcome to Staying the Course, a podcast on navigating the challenges of lifelong learning. If you're new to the channel, do subscribe if you find this helpful. Our guest for today is Luzan Mustafa Kamal, an industry professional with almost 15 years of working experience and a recent MBA graduate of Harvard Business School. Hi, Lukzan. How are you?
1: Hey, Ashraf. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm all right, man. Just... Uh... Enjoying the weekend while it lasts.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh it's great to be here. Really love the initiative you're taking with staying the course. Uh loving the episodes that I've heard and, and honored to be a, a guest uh speaking with you today.
0: Fantastic. So, in this episode, I'll be speaking to Lukzan about his journey into the MBA program at Harvard from the application process all the way to his experience spending two years in the program. So um, we would like to get a view uh, on the steps uh, that he took in uh, earning a place, a coveted place uh, in, in the cohort, and how the experience has contributed to his growth. So Luzan holds an MBA from Harvard and a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, as well as business management and economics from the University of Queensland in Australia. So Luzan, uh, I can begin. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, let's get on with it. So, the first question is very, very simple. Lukzan, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, I, I grew up in Petaling Jaya. Uh, so, pretty much a, a 90s kid. So, anything you, you associate with the 90s, early 90s and, and the fantastic heydays of that. So, I, I was in it la, uh, in PJ and I went to school uh, at Skola Street Petaling here in Petaling Jaya uh, next to Jaya Supermarket. And then, following on at secondary school at Sekolah Menengah Daman hmm. and as you mentioned, um, I, I then furthered my studies, uh, at the University of Queensland, taking chemical engineering and uh, business management, and I was fortunate to be given a scholarship by Petronas, uh, which uh, yeah. So the, my relationship with Petronas pretty much started since after high school, and uh, I, I'm continuing that right now as well. I'm, uh, I came back. Uh, after college, and then started working with Petronas as an engineer in Malacca refinery. And since then, I've taken on uh, different technical and commercial roles within the organization. And right now, I'm uh, with the mergers and acquisitions group in corporate strategy. Uh, so outside of work uh, my wife and I have three kids uh, and they keep us very busy uh, even with this weekends uh, it's not much of a relaxing time <laughs> um, yeah they, they keep our uh, they keep our hands full uh, most of the time uh and yeah but, but it's really exciting to see them grow and to see them uh, ask you know various questions throughout the day uh I'm also a big coffee geek uh a big coffee person <laughs> i uh, uh my wife would say I'm a bit obsessed with it um but <laughs> she also gets the externalities of uh, enjoying a latte every morning that, that I make for her yeah. so uh, I'm really passionate about coffee um really uh love exploring the different types of coffees around the world single origin coffees and I've also went through this uh phase where I roasted my own beans and wow. you know just going through the value chain of coffee and just figuring it out it is very—it's uh, definitely a fascinating uh, industry, in general. And also, I, I'm I'm am I'm a music nerd, uh, but I don't play instruments like you, Ashraf. <laughs> I, I'm just a keen a keen enthusiast uh, from outside. Um, so, like same uh, for music as well. I think I I go through a lot of phases. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned that I was a '90s kid, so uh, back then it was all about Nirvana, Metallica. Right? Uh, just uh, hearing those bands and and right now I, I've shifted a lot and I'm really getting into hip-hop right now. Wow. Um, so I think uh, with um, artists like uh, Kendrick Lamar and and Frank Ocean I, I think I think you know uh, working you talk a lot about you know storytelling and narrative and I think hip hop has, has done that uh, amazing job with that and art, uh, artists like Kendrick Lamar really you know uh, managed to surface out. Uh, what are the struggles uh, and, and challenges that they face, but, but in, a, in a very coherent story. So, yeah, so that's a bit about me. Uh, trying to get back into running as well, uh, but uh, failing miserably most of the time, but just trying to uh, show up uh, and, and just uh, start uh, running again.
0: Yep. <laughs> Thanks for that sharing. So, you went to my rival primary school. I was at uh, Kampuntungku Tunku for, for four years. Oh, all right, all right. Yep, yeah. yeah, big rivalry there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big handball rivalry for some reason. I don't know why that's big in PJ, but it is. Yeah, one. yeah.
1: And especially, I think, if, if we bump into it, each other at the Section 14 McDonald's, so I think things can get
0: quite... Things yeah, can get, get quite rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Luzhan, so we're going to go get into the, uh, the story of your MBA experience. So... Harvard Business School, HBS, is, is a dream school for many aspiring MBAs, prospective applicants uh, into the program. Um, I'm really interested to know the, um, the thought process when you first began uh, wanting to pursue an MBA to the point that brought you to, to ap- applying to programs. You know, how do you select? which programs to apply to, what were the criteria that we were you looking for, how many programs did you apply, and how did you focus um, to, to uh, uh, Harvard Business School? Or was that even your target school at that, at that point? Um, share your story.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, happy to unpack that uh, more. Hmm. So I think first off, uh, I have to say I'm very fortunate that uh, I'm working with Petronas and, and they have this uh, great program for staff development. All right. I think Petronas is very uh, committed towards developing their staff, and so they have uh, a staff development program where, where, uh, where I was fortunately to be selected to uh, pursue that uh, MBA degree. Right. So I think with that, I then took a step back. Right. And and the question is also asking like, why am I pursuing this MBA? So I. I could narrow it down to possibly three main reasons, right? So the first one is um, just developing my business acumen skills, right? I think even though I, I, I did have a, a background in business management, but I think a, as you you would progress through your career, you, you realize there's so many things that you don't know, right? I, I think you, you know everything. I think Taylor Swift said it, right? Like you, you know everything at 18, but then you know nothing at 22, so I, I think that describes my 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 I career like mind. coming out.
0: Yeah yeah yeah.
1: Taylor Swift is definitely one of one of our, the poets of our generation. <laughs> of our generation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, um, like coming out of university, you know, you thought you know everything, but then a- as you go into into working and, and you realize that maybe you know like the book knowledge is not really. Uh, uh, that paramount but there's also other skills that you need to pick up right so there's uh, there's so much information in in the world and and there's uh, that opportunity to continue to uh, learn unlearn and relearn uh, I think it's something that I really wanted to to grasp further and there's also uh, the parts of um, I guess my my career that I have not uh, explored right so maybe more on corporate finance and also on uh, say for example, uh, uh, uh human resources that, that I have not been involved in that I, but I'm very curious about so I think just understanding that I, I think that that drove uh, uh my uh, uh interest and passion into pursuing the MBA and then the other part as well I was looking more on uh networking right so I've been in the energy industry since I graduated and uh, I have not met really met people outside of the energy industry, so I really wanted that opportunity uh, to to meet people outside uh, and also from other nationalities, right? Uh, just to understand perspectives. And I think the the times that I have glimpsed that, like working with consultants or working with uh, uh, other other people from from different industries, you, you really get an eye opening experience, right? Uh, into like uh, uh, the difference in priorities, expectations, and mindsets. And, and that's really fascinating, even though say we are uh, going towards the same objective. Yeah. Um, and the final one, and I think this is, I think the most important one is that it, it allows me to give a time for self-reflection, right? Just taking the time to pause like uh, within my career and just understand like uh, what I've done so far. And, and what do I want to do next? Uh, I think that that was a very valuable uh, experience as, as part of the application process and understanding why I want to do the MBA. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think you asked about the, the selection process in, in yeah. general, right? So, yeah. my advice as well, like, to that is that because there's a lot of schools uh, mm-hmm. that, that are offering the MBA, and, and I think, so, one of the steps that I took was just to understand uh, the schools, right? So the school selection and just doing research on that. So research in this case can can go into, into different ways, right? You can obviously go to the website, understand uh, what the school uh, is offering, but the other one is also to to talk to other people, right? Uh, people who have done the MBA and and what their experiences were. So that's how I approached it. Um, so I I did more of a desktop research, just looking at the various schools and what were they uh what were their I guess each of the schools a, a, and you will find this a, as you're doing more and more research. Um, they have different uh, way of uh, teaching the MBA. Some yes. are more experiential, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for H- HBS, uh, it's it's uh it's based in the case method, and I'm happy to to talk about that further later on, mm-hmm. in this uh in uh, later on. Um, but yeah, so I think if you do the research and, and you will understand uh, which school speaks most to you and speaks to what you want to do. So I mentioned earlier on the reasons why I want to do the MBA. So if you take that uh, list and, and then uh, compare that with what the school is offering, uh, I think then you will have a, a gauge in terms of uh, what uh, which is the best school for you to apply. And my advice is there's... there's a lot of rankings around on business schools, right? Um, So, Financial Times has a ranking, Bloomberg has a ranking, US News has a ranking, and they move like, I think every other day, right? Like You'll have a different number one. And so, I wouldn't let noise like that uh, uh, affect your decision. I I mean, it is another data point to take in, but at the end of the day, you you look at the cohort uh, of the school, the size, uh, whether you want a, a big cohort or, or a smaller more intimate cohort and if you would uh, prefer a more academic base and um, uh, or more experiential learning or would you prefer a more uh method uh methodical approach or more flexible approach so those are the um uh, key criteria i guess when selecting your school then the other one is geography as well right so uh i think nowadays we there's uh, uh the mba started out in the us but within uh the, the europe and also um yeah in asia as well right there, there's a lot of business schools coming up that offer uh very good programs um so geography is another thing that you want to consider as well so for me uh so uh, because i will be going with my family uh so in that sense i I knew that I wanted to do the MBA in a uh, uh, English-speaking country so that it's easier for my kids, right? Going to school. Um, so so that uh, narrowed my choices down to the US and, and the UK. Um, and then, yeah, so, uh, so basically English-speaking school. So Because otherwise, I mean, there are great schools in, in, in Spain and also in France, uh, like ESA and HEC, um, but yeah, uh, it will be a challenge for, for the kids. So, so I wanted to, you know, uh, ease the transition as much as I can. So hence that's, uh, so narrowed it down uh, to that space. Um, and then with HBS as well, like, uh, so I had a, a short list of schools and HBS initially wasn't on it. Um, so I was uh, still, I was thinking about, because there are other MBA options, which is, um. Uh, closer to the one year uh uh duration and I, w- I was consider contemplating that as well but i think at the end of the day um i i decided to just you know uh cast my net wide <laughs> and just uh apply so i applied for uh seven schools in general tr- throughout my application period and uh, happy to you know uh talk uh more about the whole application process and and how uh, my experience was on approaching that
0: Mm, I see. So you spoke about research, researching doing the desktop research on the different schools, their approach to teaching. And I think um, there's a factor of the culture at the business school as well, that becomes apparent as you become a member of the community. Right. Um, I think at the onset, you would see, like you know, Stanford entrepreneurship, tech management, mm and then yale school of management with with nonprofit and so forth and, and harvard of course famous for the, um, the the case method um now moving into the actual um uh, application process so you have shortlisted seven interesting to know that harvard wasn't in the original uh, list <laughs> and um and so so now you know There's there's the form, there's letters of recommendation, there's GMAT, there's um, a personal statement and and interviews as well. It gets overwhelming, right? especially if you multiply that by seven. How did you approach the application process? What was your strategy in um, ensuring that you increase the probability of getting into as many uh, schools that you applied to?
1: Yeah, sure. That that's a really interesting question. And I remember uh sitting down uh, you know, when I started to apply clicking the mouse and just wondering like where where do I start, right? With all <laughs> yeah. this. Like, I was uh inundated with with all this information and all the resources. It, it was really drinking from a fire hose in that sense. But so I mentioned that I, I was looking to start running again, right? So mm. I would uh akin this uh whole process uh, similar to a uh, a power man triathlon okay all right so okay so what do you have <laughs> what do you have uh within the triathlon right you have swimming you have biking and then you have running right yeah. so similar to a uh, business school uh application you, uh, the swimming is the gmat which is <laughs> arguably maybe the harder one <laughs> and then the cycling i would say is the application process and, and the running at the end is the interview stage, I all see. right? So let, let's go through each one of those examples, right? Oh. Um, so with the GMAT, I, I think uh, just a bit of background on, on the GMAT, uh, it's a standardized test, oh. right? That tests uh, four main elements, it tests, tests your quantitative skills, your verbal skills, uh, integrated reasoning, and uh, writing, right? Um, and it's uh, a test that you have to take at a test center um so there are two i think in KL right now there, there are two test centers that offer this somewhere in in the mansara yeah. um so you have to show up it's a four hour exam oh. uh it's a multiple choice uh question um and you have to uh yeah once you complete it you, you'll get your score right at the end but the unique feature about the gmat is that it's uh, it's a test that gets harder as you get better at it right so, so similar to swimming i guess you get more resistance if if you if you're swimming hard so the more questions that you get right the the harder the the harder uh the system will throw harder questions at you right and at the end the score would then uh um be an average of, of how you performed uh during the test so with uh so with the gmat the approach that i took was to actually first i think so being in the workforce for so long uh the, the brain, <laughs> my brain was a bit rusty i guess in terms of test taking right so it's been a while since you have to sit down and take a test so uh the approach that i took was to just uh first understand the concepts right so what is being tested in the gmat so uh, i think uh, with the GMAT as well, I think that that is the uh is a good first step to take. Just looking at, um, uh, the syllables and understanding what is being asked, right? So because the the questions, it's not so much about uh getting all the hard questions, right? It's more on on managing your time and managing your strategy. Mm-hmm. So the first part of that is to understand your fundamentals, right? So understand the fundamentals. And, and be good at, at the base, right? So for quantitative questions, there's a series of uh, topics that they cover. So uh, say geometry, uh, number properties, and also probabilities. So all the stuff basically that you've learned in your high school maths. So nothing different from that, but um, the time crunch is what makes it uh, uh, difficult, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then for the verbal side, uh, it's more on uh, reading comprehensions, sentence correction, and critical reasoning. Mm. um so once you understand that and so the next part of it is uh practice 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 right so uh being uh uh, working full-time so I had to allocate uh time outside of work in order to to focus on the GMAT so the the strategy I took for that is to uh wake up early right just before work just uh 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 pin down a couple of questions and, and then move on right and I think um, by doing so, I think you build that discipline and build that practice, uh, in order to head up to test day. And then the other advice I would have in approaching the GMAT is to keep an error log. So, what an error log is, um, it's not so much so with the GMAT, it doesn't matter what questions you get right, it's understanding why you got it right or why you got it wrong, right? So, so that you don't repeat it again. Um, so uh, I kept an error log, uh, just ke- uh, keeping track of what questions I got right and why did I get it wrong? Like, is it a question of uh, uh, fundamentals or is it something that I had no idea what, what uh, the question was all about? Mm. Um, so having that uh, helps to narrow down which areas that you, you uh, need to work on. Mm. And then finally, it's uh, the GMAT is all about game day, right? Uh, how are you on game day? Like you can take several yes. mocks uh, GMAT and, and that might uh be good and you might do well in that but at the end of the day is how you perform on test day that matters and so yeah so the, the, I took the GMAT twice and the first time around I remember I, I was so nervous uh, about the test that I couldn't sleep the night before oh dear. and so my, my game day performance was was horrible nice. right uh, so yeah so th- that was that was a bit of a downer for me uh, but then I, I I took the time to just uh, think things through and then re-strategize and and took the test again uh, a couple of months later and I got a a much better score on that. So I actually uh, recorded a a 100 point uh, score improvement oh. improvement oh. so um if if you like to know uh i mean happy to talk more about it and if you like to know about it just uh maybe leave a comment uh mm. on, on on the channel here and maybe Ashrif uh will invite me for a session where we'll just talk about G- the gmat in general
0: happy to do that all right uh, master class <laughs> <pacing the GMAT. laughs>
1: yeah yeah uh, but yeah uh, i mean uh i i I think the GMAT, it doesn't, in general, right? Just before I move on, it doesn't, the GMAT is not an indication of how smart you are. Mm. It's just an indication on how good you are at taking the GMAT. That's it, mm. right? Um, and I, I think there are uh, different ways and people have different learning approaches uh, that they can uh, take uh, to, to, uh, to beat the GMAT pretty much. All right? Great. Okay, so once the GMAT is done, so you've done with your swimming, Right. Uh, so now comes the application submission as a whole. Right. So you've done your research already. So you have uh, uh, possibly target schools that uh, you're looking at, and and you like you want to submit a, a compelling application package. And the application package is. It comprises of a lot of components that I think the best way to approach that is to look at it holistically. Right? What is that package telling you? Uh, telling the admissions uh reader or admissions committee about you as a person? So let's break down what is in that package. Right? So, um, the first first item in the package is your resume. Is your is your CV? Right? Uh, so that should be a a a brief and concise summary of your accomplishments thus far. Uh, within your industry. Um. Uh, and the second part of, of the package is also the recommenders, right? So most business schools will ask for recommenders and recommenders would be, I think typically business schools would ask for two recommenders for managers that uh, you have worked under mm. and uh, so it's also about uh, prepping your recommenders and uh, I guess because some of it, you, you would have recommenders from maybe your previous jobs that and it's also about uh, uh uh reaching out to them and say that hey I, w- I would like to apply to business school and would you you know would you uh be my recommender mm-hmm. and reminding them about your previous uh, achievements right i think this is a more of a long lead item that oh. you want to start doing as soon as you can right that just identifying who will be the best recommender for you who will be the best to speak to your uh contributions and your leadership abilities um, and and yeah and, and reaching out to them and, and telling them about what, what you want to do uh in terms of ap- applying to business school mm. and then the other part is is the essays right so each schools have each school have uh would have different essay prompts um but it's it's really about uh if you look at it in, in general it's mostly about asking about your short term and your long term goal right on, on why why you want to do the mba and also, uh, maybe, so some schools, say for like Kellogg or London Business School, uh, mm-hmm. they have uh, what I call more um, a closed essay questions, right? It, it, it's like Kellogg typically asks about your values, uh, about who you are, mm-hmm. like what values are important to you. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what's the other? London Business School would ask you more about your long-term and your short-term goals whereas there are also uh, schools that ask open ended uh, prompts so stanford is uh, stanford graduate business school is uh, graduate school of business is, is famous for its prompt what matters most to you and why right so so those are uh, open ended questions together with hbs as well uh, uh, which is asking uh, as we look to your application what else should we know more about you so there's various ways you can approach the open-ended questions, and if you're looking at schools, typically I would recommend that you start off with maybe the close, uh, uh, the close questions first, right? Because it's at, le- at least there's a there's a uh, there's a structure that you can use to, to answer those questions, and also that there is um, uh, some idea on on how you want to uh, uh, tailor the narrative for your essay. Whereas the open-ended questions, I think it requires a, a lot more introspection and uh, reflection on your part. So, yeah. So that's the third part, I guess, of the application so far. Um, and then the fourth bit is also the application form itself. you will be amazed at how much information that actually goes in the application form. Mm-hmm. And and it can be tempting to just leave that... Uh, um, leave that at the last minute right and just mm-hmm. and just fill up uh, with information from your resume or, or from the essays and just recycle them right but mm-hmm. I, I, that that would be a missed opportunity on your on your part because the application form the short uh, questions or short answer questions is also an opportunity for you to show a different side of you right a different side of of what uh, uh, what goes on with the resume or uh, provide a chance for you to further expand or further elaborate on your accomplishments mm. so that is another part that uh, yeah uh, that you can look to um, uh, address further uh, mm. is in the short answer questions mm. Mm. so I think yeah so that is uh, I miss anything yeah I, uh, I think that's
0: yeah I guess that's
1: yeah, I think that's about it. Which is a lot, right? <laughs> the triathlon. I
0: think I think you've yeah, covered yeah. all three sports, uh, three
1: activities. <laughs> no, no, but this is this is just the this is just the cycling. We haven't gotten to the. Oh running yeah, yet. yeah, we got the running. Right? That's it. Yeah. So once you uh taken a, you know uh compile all this, so it's really important to look at the application holistically, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure that um yeah that you highlight your accomplishments, you highlight the reasons why you want to do the MBA. And um, and yeah, uh, and and making sure that each part, each component, uh, are talking to each other, and and you can also slice and dice it in, in another way as well on, on, in terms of things that uh, as you submit the whole application package, right? So there are things that you can control and things that you can't control. So the things you can't control is your past experience, right? It, it is what it is. Uh, your undergraduate GPA, it is what it is, um, and also. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that that is pretty much the stuff that's uh, outside of your control right now. What's in your control is is your test scores, is, is your GMAT scores that, that you can look to uh, uh, submit the best score possible, uh, your essays uh, in terms of how you talk about your accomplishments and, and your recommenders uh, in terms of how they, uh, they would talk about you and your leadership style. So um, uh, I mean if you look at the internet there's a lot of uh, questions asking about oh uh, if I you know if, if I didn't do well in my undergraduate w- would that uh, disqualify me from an MBA uh, yeah. but those things again they're outside of your control right mm-hmm. so what can you do uh, in order to put your best foot forward uh, for you to apply uh, is to look at things that are within your control yeah so once you uh, compile all of this and, and submitted the application then uh uh as <laughs> i'm dropping a lot of music reference here. Uh, as tom petty would say uh, the waiting is the hardest part right yeah. uh so that's where you hear uh, wait to hear whether you get uh, selected for an interview so typically business schools would select um a, a, a portion of the application pool um, in order for them to fill up the, the, uh, the spaces for, for their class. So it would take about typically around two to three months before they notify you that you're going for the interview. And uh, if you get an interview invite, then congratulations. Uh, it means that the school is interested with what you had to say in your application. And they are really seriously considering you uh, for uh, admissions to, to the, the next class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, the interview is, is the running part of things. Mm. Uh, it's, the finishing line is like almost the, interview. At the end, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. And so, the interview for business schools, uh, they can take... Uh, there's three possible ways on how, how that could turn out. So, one, it could be an admissions committee interviewing you. So, admissions committee members are people who work at admissions at a school and they have uh, a lot of experience interviewing People uh, uh, they've probably read through your application mm-hmm. and, and they know what questions to ask you or, or how to uh actually yeah, uh, try to uh unearth uh the the authentic you behind the application, right? And uh the other possible interview option it's uh with uh alumni. Mm-hmm. So uh graduates that have already uh from the MBA program uh, all around the world and um uh, And they would typically just get your uh, resume, and Mm. then they would look to assess you as as a person. And the other one, and this is maybe not as common uh, in our parts of the world, is is current students, right? So if you do uh, make the trek to the school, uh, there can uh, be also uh, a second year student uh, interviewing you for uh, for, uh, the admissions. So I think the approach with interviews as well, right? Uh, it's more on understanding your story and uh and, and then just having a conversation with someone about your story. I think uh with your application, they have already known all about your professional and your work experience, but now they want to know the person behind that, right? So the, the best way I always find to approach the interview is through just uh, you know, uh, just casually tell your story, tell about your experience and also keep a library of of your greatest hits of, of, uh, of you know of your past accomplishments uh what what you have done and um because uh, be, the, again the interview questions are split to typically two parts uh the first one is more understanding what your goals are for the future and the second one is more behavioral questions. So tell me about a time where you receive critical feedback or tell me about a time where you uh, face an ethical dilemma, right? So, and, and um, I think the best advice for those type of questions would be to take the STAR approach, oh. which is the situation, uh, task, action, and then results, right? And, and just guide them through. And it's also, an in interview So it's also to see how best you can do uh, uh, in delivering your point concisely, which I think I'm I'm failing in this podcast here <laughs> because I feel <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's also uh on that. So uh, um, the other advice for the interview is that you know definitely practice with uh, friends and family because you you would think that an answer sounds great in your head. But um, as you actually uh, speak uh, about it, uh, it might come out differently, right? So just having those sessions with friends and family and maybe a a third party uh, who who would give an objective assessment, that Mm. would definitely help as well. Mm. So that's it. Uh, And yeah, uh, that's the three main parts of the application process. Definitely, there's a lot of free resources online that you can look into So, yeah, so there's a place, uh, there's a website called GMAT Club, uh, which has a very active forum on on all the schools you can imagine. Uh, There's also a Reddit, uh, a subreddit uh, on MBA that Mm. uh, talks about this as well. Mm. And there's this new app called Fishbowl as well, uh, uh, which, uh, yeah, which uh, there's a lot of groups of MBA applicants in there as well. But with, uh, as is with advice from strangers on the internet, you have to take it with a pinch of salt yeah. and uh, be sure to you know, uh, sift through the noise uh, and the signal.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I follow um, the grad admissions subreddit. Hmm. I hmm. think that's been helpful as well. Um, there's grad cafe as well. Um, yep. Although although the their coverage on, on on MBA is quite minimal as opposed to GMAT club, uh, because they are looking into the social sciences and and um, and the hard sciences yep. as well. Yep. Yeah, So yeah. the swimming is the GMAT, cycling is preparing of the package itself and also the components. And then what I forgot about earlier is the actual interview, which <laughs> is the running where you should really. So so I think that's a great analogy. Um. When it comes to recommenders um, earlier, you, you were talking about it. You know, one factor that I considered see that was the, uh, how technology-friendly they are. Because as you get closer to the deadline <laughs> and the letters are not in yet, you can send out those <laughs> auto-reminders, right, for them to... to, yep. to but um, I found that from my own experience that the tech-savvy ones get it out of their way early and the other ones, you know, need to then uh, give some help. Um and as for the essay, you mentioned earlier about the questions on you know, past records, which is which is beyond control. I had that problem because my undergraduate GPA was nowhere near. Uh, 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 good. so so I addressed that through the um, the essay and also the interview. but I felt that when you talk about how you bounce back from, Um, your past performance, I think that is the value on how you can use use the essay, right? Yep, yep. Um, How did you, you know, um, my MBA, my undergraduate applications were all in the US. Um, I was told to tell the most dramatic story I could. If you make the admissions officer cry and you're in, Right i um, not sure if I made the, the officer at, at, at Northwestern, you know, where if they see my my graduation transcript, they will cry again, I guess, you know? So, so.
1: <laughs> lots of tears going around.
0: Lots of tears going around, you know? <laughs> but when I was applying to the um, the MBA, my programs were all in the UK. So the questions were straightforward. Um, mm. What can you bring to the classroom? What's your plan after graduation? And you Know what's your ambition for the long term, right? Um, what was your approach in outlining the the, the essay itself? Um, I think it is, I think the Chicago Booth School only had a picture from, um, if I'm not mistaken. But how did you, um, on, on the essay itself, just diving a bit deeper, um, sure. with the open and the closed one, do you make it? emotional, personal, or do you try to strike, how do you strike a balance between professional and emotional slash personal?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and that is definitely something that, you know, everyone would approach differently, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think for my approach, what I tried to do is, uh, it's sort of balancing the two, right? Like you want to talk about the impact, and I'll talk about how I approach my HBS essay. Right, so you want to show that you have had an impact, uh, in, in your work experience, but at the same time, you also want to highlight that you know th- there is a, a personal side of you, right? There is that it's not all about work, it's not all about achieving numbers. So, one way that you can do that is when you're looking at your essay, right? And, and again, this, this goes back to like looking at the emissions package in a holistic manner. Uh-huh. Like uh with with your resume, you would typically have all the numbers, all the percentage increase, all the cost decrease, all those accomplishments are in the resume, right? And, and that's great. But what you can use the essay for, and uh this is the bridge that I use, is to talk more about the interpersonal dynamics, okay, right, uh, in achieving those goals. Because it's not, it's not that you rock up to the office and then profit increases by 200x, <laughs> right? Or, or, yeah. or it, it, there's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of persuasion. There's a lot of influencing that goes on, right? Oh. And and sometimes uh, that that gets lost within the application. And the essay is a great way for, for you to show that. Oh, so, awesome. yeah. So, uh, what I did was... Um, so, an example from my HBS essay is that uh, I mentioned that you know, coming out of uh, uh, undergraduate as an engineer, I was bright-eyed and I was you know looking to change, uh, uh, put in uh, uh, change within the plant, right? Like increase okay. efficiency because that, that's what they taught you in engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Increase efficiency as plant as much as possible and and uh, up the utilization, and that's where the profits come. But mm-hmm. then you realize that, that there are people there who've been working, you know, who dedicated yeah. their lives working in that plant, okay. who know who know the pumps, who know the vessels a lot better than you do. So, uh, how do you approach that, right? Like, how do you actually uh, try to still convey your viewpoint, but uh, also, you know, manage that as well. So, I think, so that was one of the things that I, I said that I learned during my time at the plant. And so, that's how I've uh, structured the essay in, in that sense. So, and you can use, again, the examples that you have had in, in your past work experience mm. to tie into the ultimate, uh, say, if your ultimate goal is to uh, start a nonprofit within uh, within the social enterprise space, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just tying those connections on, on what you've learned in the past and how that can help you in the future, I think is a great start for you to approach these type of essays. But um, ultimately, it's about having that self-reflection and understanding right. uh, what you want out of the MBA, uh, because then that would uh, then help build uh, the material that you need for your essays.
0: Mm. It's about standing out, right? Which is so difficult when, you know, all the essays that go into the admissions office are trying to save the world right mm-hmm. so how, how do you then make your story you know stand out to them and yeah. so i think and so and so the short answer to that story is, is just making it about you
1: right because mm-hmm. there's no other story that is uh your story mm-hmm. in general exactly. um right so um but the challenge is how do you surface it out and and some of the pitfalls maybe you know like uh maybe talking about like what you mentioned at the the preconceived notion, I guess, is, is that you have to make it like super emotional, make mm. the admissions officer cry. Mm. But that, that's probably not the best approach for mm-hmm. business school mm-hmm. essays because business school, uh, I think they want to see what's your vision for the future, right? And uh, mm. you might have you might have faced challenges, mm. uh, growing up, uh, or you know, um, but what did you do to bounce back? And how has that helped your resolve or drive to achieve what you want in the future? Mm. So, yeah, definitely acknowledge your past, but I would say focus on what uh, changes you and impact you'll have in the future.
0: Right, right. Thanks for sharing that. So like you said, each person has a different way of approaching this, but the more that we know how others do it, I think, you know, that kind of can enable us to then shape how do we, we tell our story. Now, so you are there um, in Harvard um, and... Harvard Business School is famous for its case method. I saw a video the other day of uh, the professor bringing in the protagonist of the case itself, coming in, you know, students asking questions about specific sentences in the case. I think that's such an amazing um, interaction uh, to be witnessing. Um, There's Professor Anita, um, um, uh, who who has brought in some case that is based on sports um, teams, yep. uh, the, the, the WWE, <laughs> which I. Yep. Which the NBA I, as well. So that's Anita Elbers. Yeah. I, yep. Anita Elbers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I follow her on LinkedIn and i i you know, every other month I'm consistently amazed at, you know, the range yeah. of case studies that she brought in. How has this case method experience been for you? And how has it helped you in applying it to what you do today?
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, if I mentioned earlier that, you know, the whole application process is, is the triathlon, right? So, getting mm. into your your uh, your uh, top choice business school is, is the buffet at the end, right? <laughs> so, so um, there, there's just a lot to choose from, right? On, on how you can uh, approach your time at business school. Mm. And yes, definitely like HBS is, is famous for the case method and It is definitely a unique experience, right? So I did my undergraduate in in Australia and it was in engineering, right? Where it's more um, one way, right? Uh, As a lecturer, the lecturer will tell you about engineering principles, engineering concepts, then you will go to to tutorials and then you you try your best to understand, right? There's not really much dialogue in that sense. And and the case method just uh, is the complete opposite of that it's uh so how uh, maybe i'll describe on how a class would typically work so um so at hbs during your first year uh you would be split into uh sections so hbs cohort uh there's roughly around 970 on average right mm-hmm. so you would then be uh yeah 900 to to about 950 um then you would be split into 10 sections and i was in uh section i uh, it go, goes by alphabets, right? Um, and then for the first year, you'll be taking uh, the same classes with your section uh, uh, throughout your uh, required curriculum year, which is what they call the first year. So uh, these are subjects in finance, uh, leadership, marketing, right. uh, entrepreneurship, and also uh, um, uh, accounting, right? So, so those are the subjects that you would take. And the way that the case method works is that uh, you'll be given a, a case. So say, for example, we are looking into a restaurant chain, right? Uh, in terms of its operations. So you'll be given a case and the case can be, it can range, right? Sometimes you have uh, a four page cases and sometimes you have 20 page cases. Um, and what will happen is at the start of, of the class, uh, everybody will be seated. And, and one thing about HBS is they start uh, really uh, on time. Right, so I had to make adjustments to my Malaysian timing <laughs> uh, <laughs> norms. Uh, where if a class starts at ten thirty, it will start at ten thirty sharp, and if you came in late, it would be very obvious. Mm. So um, so yeah, so the class would start on time, and the professor would start with what they call a cold call. So a cold call is uh when the professor uh, uh picks a student and asks them to. Uh, you know, give me your opinion about the case, or maybe start off the question on like, why is the protagonist behaving this way, right? And, and then you uh, the cold call is intimidating, because uh, yeah, you, you have no idea on whether it will be you or not, and Ooh. it will show the level of preparation that you have had on the case, right? I see. Uh, so yeah, so uh, it will start off with a cold call, and you would then, uh, yeah, the, the person would then talk about the case and then the professor then would make sure that each of uh, um, the items that uh, he or she wants to cover will be covered through uh, a series of questions. So the, the professor in, in the case method classroom uh, is more of a... Uh, a lead conductor in orchestra, right? Like just getting in opinions. Uh, and because the class is very diverse, you have people from different industries and different backgrounds. Oh. Uh, the professor will also be, uh, be cautious, uh, be conscious of that, and it will try to bring in those opinions. And, and it's really interesting learning from your classmates because you're not really learning from the professor, right? But you're learning from the comments that your classmates make. And, and and unpacking that. So I think uh, for me, uh, I remember my first cold call. It didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I think, yeah, uh, I, I was busy the night before. And, I you see. know, I uh, had to go through some of, uh, other things uh, as well. Um, so, But I, but I survived. Uh, oh. true and then uh, <laughs> unfortunately um, but it's more on just uh, yeah uh, getting in uh, different opinions and you mentioned about the case protagonist I think that's definitely one of the more interesting things at HBS like because you are commenting on that person's decision while that person is is right in front of you mm-hmm. right so you're saying that this CEO made the wrong choice uh, he should have he or she should have gone uh, for this option instead. Um, and, and yeah, so but uh, the idea is that we, we are supposed to you know uh, speak our opinion during that time. and at the end of the class is when uh, uh, the case protagonists will come up and sort of give the context on why uh, they made uh, the particular choices that they made. And I think that is definitely uh, an illuminating experience. Like I've had a case protagonist that um, uh, so for example, Larry Kalk from who's currently the CEO of, of GE. So he was one of the case protagonists in, my, uh, uh, in one of the classes that I took and Cynthia Carroll, uh, who's a, a mining uh, CEO as well, uh, she, she was in the class and they were talking about a safety incident where they had to decide whether to close off the mines or, or continue operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, having that perspective and having understanding their point of views uh, during that time and during that crisis uh, it is very interesting because I think from an academic perspective, we can come up with all kinds of plans and all kinds of uh, contingencies. Mm. But I think it's Mike Tyson who says it said it that uh, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so so then uh, yeah, just understanding what you would do when you get punched in the face, mm. uh, I think um, yeah, it is definitely very valuable for me.
0: Mm. So. Um this cold calling thing doesn't sound fine on paper. <laughs> it's very, yeah. You, you get better at it, but yeah, the first
1: time around, um, uh, sitting in a room with like, you know, uh, as, you, as you know your class, as you know your section a lot better, it gets easier. But mm. yeah, the, the first few months in it, it, it can be a bit daunting. Yeah.
0: How has this shaped the way you think now that you are back? Uh, In action, Uh, how does it shape the way you think? I think the main
1: difference it it did for me is that, um, again, like with the engineering background, right, Uh, you've been trained to uh, have opinions only in matters that are your expertise, Mm. right? Because, uh, like, say, for example, in the plant, right, you you have different multidisciplinary teams working on, uh, say, electrical, process, mechanical. And each one of those teams, uh, uh, you're supposed to give your opinion on a particular problem. And coming from engineering, like I've always had the mindset that I should only speak up when, when it comes to my area or my uh, um, uh, expertise, right? Yeah. But I think with the case method, you are forced to have opinions on, on different matters, right? And and so I think that really changed my mindset where I think every opinion or 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 perspective is valuable towards uh, as long as it continues to build on the discussion or build on ideas, mm-hmm. right? So I think uh, that is the shift in in mindset that I've had, like looking at things now, I mean, I'm looking at it more on a perspective on like why does the person, a particular person uh, took this course of action and understanding that and also providing my perspective as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was a big change for me. And then the other part is also, again, like uh, keeping things concise and delivering your point uh, uh, within, within the time space. Because once uh, the way that the case method works as well, I might have missed this out, is that you, you'll be competing with your peers to, to give your opinions. Because uh, for case-based schools, uh, case method-based schools, uh, uh, a big part of your grade is on class participation. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that, you know, you're able to uh, come in on time and also be able to uh, provide uh, valuable discussion points. So it's more on keeping things concise and keeping things uh, straight to the point, um, which, uh, we, yeah, which is another thing that I picked up. And that, the other thing is that with HBS, we've uh, gone through, I think throughout the two years, about 500 cases. So you've learned to uh, parse out things that are important within the case. And and what how you can you know piece data together. It's, it's a lot like looking at things uh from blank slate and then drawing your conclusions and seeing how they interact with one another and what the patterns are. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I think th- those are the parts that I've uh got from business school. And the I, I guess the, the main part of it at the end of the day is the people that you interact with, right? Mm-hmm. Like it goes beyond the academic uh, part of things, it's just I met so many interesting people and uh, coming from industries that I had no idea about and just understanding what uh, what they do and, and how that ties into like, the greater global economy is, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I think that's where I've learned the most.
0: Thank you, Luzan. So I have just one more final question for you. But before I go there, I just like to try and summarize um, the wealth of uh, information that you've shared with us uh, from your experience. Number one, when it comes to selecting the program that you want to apply to, is about identifying which school speaks most to you. Yeah, so there's a bit of research there. It's the first point I got. Second, key, key, key takeaway is uh, the analogy in the strategy of uh, preparing and submitting the application. Uh, how it is similar to a triathlon where you have the swimming. It's like doing the GMAT, the most difficult one. The cycling, where you have the preparation of the package and then uh, sending it out. And number three, doing the running, which is uh, similar to the interview where you would then need to tell your story, which is the third key key takeaway. Which I think, telling one story um, is the one thing that you or no one else has, right? So I think that is where it can come out, uh, be surfaced in the essay or, or any interviews. Number one, selecting the school that speaks most to you, and then the triathlon analogy and, and telling your story. So, with that, um, Luzan, for those who are dreaming about walking to, uh, across Harvard Yard yeah, to the classroom or any other top MBA programs, what is your advice?
1: So I think my advice is is really understand why you want to do the MBA, right? Uh, Really, uh, again, it goes back to that self-reflection point, Um, uh, taking pause and and just uh, taking stock of what you have done so far, the great accomplishments and and the great stories that you have, right? Those personal stories, just bringing it together and understand why you want to do the MBA and how you will use the MBA to, to make a difference. Uh, moving forward. And I think just having that understanding uh, would help you definitely within the, the cycling part of uh, the application process, right? Uh, j- just having that clarity and having that perspective would, would put you on the right track for that. So once you understood that, and I think the next part is just to put your best foot forward. So, the best and, and the way you can do that is again doing the research and talking to people, right? Talking to people who have done it before, um, understanding what their story was, and, and, and trying to uh, draw parallels with your story and see how you can uh, then uh, yeah, uh, put your best foot forward in order for you to get into the school that you want. So, remember that uh, when, when you are applying, uh, all schools are your top schools. Uh, until you get that acceptance letter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that that's the other part that I have to uh, say that, you know, once you uh, come up with the short list of of schools that you're looking to get into, uh, definitely um, make the school feel that you are its top choice and and then, yeah, and and then uh, work on the application. So yeah, uh, in short, understand why you want to do the MBA and put your best foot
0: forward. Great, all schools are your top choice. I like that. Yep. (laughs) So (laughs) So, Until you get the acceptance letter. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with me. I shall let you back to your coffee making and Kendrick Lamar research after this. (laughs) Thank you for your time, Luzan. I greatly appreciate it. All the best to you. Thanks, It's It's been a great experience. Thanks for having me. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye.